those silence. Well, I, I am a little tired due to the endless <laughs> driving planes. I mean, I, I did hop on a flight to Ireland last night. <laughs> yeah, that's so nuts. <laughs> <laughs> less spicy than normal but still adequate <laughs> <laughs> welcome to always strikes last age of sigmar podcast where we talk about age bar age of sigmar or age of mar age of mar age of mar. Age mar that's a new one there we go uh as always i'm miles and i'm joined by matt and jack jack is of course in the irish studio today which is exciting. Exactly. Uh, we we keep trying for full celestial alignment where all three bodies are in one place, but two out of three ain't bad. You know, right, follow it up with Nova to come out and visit Miles here. So we'll, we'll make a progress. We'll do one right of those. Now, when, we get, when we get really popular, so like, you know, later this year, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll have to like tour around and do live shows. That's a thing that real popular podcasts do. Yeah, yeah. But until then, I'm just all by myself. <laughs> right, we, we should have a separate occasional segments for that. We're just called Matt in the Woods. Yeah, <laughs> just Matt in the Woods. We'll have like a little cricket track in the back, you know, it's just. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Why wow. do I keep playing bad armies? Because <laughs> <laughs> you love it, Matt. And that's that's really what this is all about. Yeah. That's, that's uh, really that's really the joy. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, guys, I, we haven't talked about this yet, you know, as a podcast trio, but I was going to put it out there. And I think we can give an instant vote here for our listenership as well. Okay. Something we need to put on the um, assembling teams and uh, podcast store, people to all enjoy, is a pork roll T-shirt. Mm, that has yeah. to exist based on your army experiences on the last episode. Nice. <laughs> yep. Getting pork rolled. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you, you know, it's going to be like a pork riding, like a Taylor ham pork roll, and it's going to mm. have the right sort of text on there. So there that sounds go. delightful. All right. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, so, in other exciting news, Jack just got back from the second biggest tournament ever, right? Which is Nova. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it is a second, right? It's. it's Second biggest only to LVO, right? I think that's right, and and it's it's definitely maybe a first this time because I know the you know, James O'Brien, you know, was like sort of leading and organizing it, had put it into a kind of different format. I think it's the first one they've done, which was three full days, everyone gets the opportunity to play. So it's eight rounds, eight rounds time. of Age of Sigmar. Is yeah. that good or is it not as good? <laughs> It's it's good in many ways. Um, it is a bit challenging, I think, for the normal con cadence. Yeah, you know, because because you the way they, you would normally do it, right, is you go to a grand tournament where you've traveled somewhere, and if you're like me, getting in for just kind of the night before your big game, you will have your first day of games, and that's always exhausting. But people go and do their thing. They push through to the last two games. Yeah, and typically it's like a Saturday night. You're done by five or six. Either you're high-fiving and commiserating uh, somewhat, or you're a little maybe in your cups because you didn't do as well as you thought, uh, or you're top eight, which is very rare, right? Maybe you have that chat around the next day. But for the most part, even if you've done very well, you can relax, you know, have a fun night out, maybe stay out too late at karaoke, you know, do your thing, right. and then wake up, and you have the Sunday time to get packed, to check out, to go ahead and check out all the vendors, 
you know, to mm-hmm. maybe see some people or do whatever before, you know, you collect yourself or whatever's next. Maybe even have another night of socializing and fun stuff, which can be something a bit different as a palate cleanser. Well, not so when you have eight games. It's, it, the way they did it here is it was three games on Friday to start the first traditional GT portion, okay. followed by two more games to finish the original GT block, which then kind of cemented your standing within the overall tournament. And then there was an opportunity for people to either keep gone, uh, where they would enter into a pod of eight and play their final three games like a mini RTT, just to figure out where the placings were going to line up with that group of eight. Okay. Uh, but people could a have pod of eight? They want to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, so like orcas? Yeah. Yeah. Like like orcas. Yes. Like orcas. It's orca hammer. But so, yeah. So it was a GT followed by whatever that is, you know, 20 RTTs running simultaneously. Exactly. And, and ah. like, you know, the win or lose within your pod, like you're not going to go lower than the eight you're in. You're not going to go higher than the eight you're in. You're going to basically be fighting mm. for like maybe a mini prize because you've won your pod, but also the practice and the fun of getting to enjoy Warhammer with some cool new people. Yeah. You know, and that's then, so, really interesting. Yeah. So very cool in that way. Um, and I don't know a bird to lead for everybody, but I think it's great to have that and to have a lot of Warhammer. You're going to go for Warhammer days, but it does strain you a bit. You're like, oh, It man. sounds like an absolute brain melter, yeah. Yeah, because got to Saturday night and I was in a great place mentally, you know, where the GT was traditionally gone. I, of course, kept playing. Um, and so I had another game. Awesome game. We'll get to later. But that meant that I was getting down on Saturday like, eight or whatever it was and then you know by the time i got back from dinner and some drinks you know i just wasn't going to go push it the same way i would have if it was a saturday nothing on sunday kind of tonight sure so i had two more games mm. but uh but yeah it's very interesting in that way because you get a lot more warhammer in otherwise you might <laughs> that's a that's an absolute endurance uh yeah. on, like we were doing we did so at worlds it was six games over three days so two mm-hmm. only two games a day and my last one, I was like barely speaking intelligible English. Yeah, it, it, it gets to that level, especially near the end of them. You were telling like, <laughs> you know, just trying to string the words together and make sure you don't mess up your rules. And do no, it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the dwarf with the thing. The guy with the hand cannon. Yeah. Him. The, mean, that, the one that moved left yeah. two turns exactly. ago, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, and it might be noted that there, there were some individuals who really punish themselves in this and they, they deserve full credit you know both the groups of folks who went in on thursday and did like the op- optional rtt before Ooh. the uh the big you know grand tournament there's an optional doubles as well i saw yep yep so um, some some folks were having 11 games and uh there were a, sort of a select cut of folks from around the country who gotten invited to do an invitational, uh, which I believe was premised on having fairly recently won like a GT or something notable and got like a 5-0. It was all people whose names yeah. I kind of recognized. You so. know, the kind of mm-hmm. folks get read off on like, you know, the, the, the stats podcasts. Yeah, gotcha. and, and they were, you know, all Like this good. one. This is a, st- we're, we're a stats podcast. Like a sorry. stats derivative. Yeah. <laughs> I, we cannot claim any credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow well, for more stats. stats. Let me tell you. Yeah. You know, all of Always us stats have the last. to regurgitate that with confidence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, those guys and, and ladies were there playing and, you know, they had to have their three game invitational followed by the GT. Um, they did get a, and this is also sort of interesting, a one game break. 
where because they played in the Invitational and they just had the three games, yeah. uh, everyone who did that, who was going to play in the Grand Tournament, which was pretty much everybody from my understanding, mm-hmm. did not have to play the first round. They got an auto win first round max yeah. points. It looked like it was, was it max points or was, it looked like it was only 19. 19 so maybe, might might be close to max points. I thought I thought the um differential was at 20, but yeah, it could, it could be the 19s like the physically achievable max points. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I I had one game that got me a 19 and that was I think so that that does track. Okay. Cuz that was nothing could have gone better. Okay. All right. Nice. <clears throat> all right, all right. So I guess to bring you guys through um my version of the hero's journey we were talking about that there and, we go. The, uh, and the Nova quest mm-hmm. for eight zero zero eight something in between but at least eight friends um successful in the last part at least i think nice. uh i i started this off my own kind of version of iron man and uh you know as, as the podcast initiative knows i have a selective amount of time to go to tournaments you know especially traveling tournaments but i like to get out to them you know try to fill out a scorecard and this one lined up due to uh my lovely wife and daughter being traveling uh to the in-laws mm-hmm. so uh, i was able to go do it nice and uh you know, I the came classic, on out. the classic in-law ploy. Oh yes, yeah. yeah the, uh, <laughs> nice oh, Christmas present this yeah, year. Right. Thank you for aligning your visit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you guys have to envision this. Like it wasn't like a little casual walk into the venue down the road from my house. I had an eight-hour drive to get to DC from Boston, so that was a nice start to it. Uh, followed pretty immediately um, by just going out and celebrating one of uh, you know the uh, friends I had who came up from Char- Charleston's uh, birthday uh, at a karaoke bar after some burgers. So it was not even an early night to start the tournament, you know. And so then, really, really starting fresh. All those pro tips we had only a couple episodes ago about yeah, you know, uh, getting an early night's yeah. sleep and having yeah. an extra Gatorade by in your with your with your bag. And uh, I think you we know, can say new <laughs> pro. Try to follow your own advice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, one of the things that uh, we we failed to mention though in the in in the prepping for a tournament, you know, is to really just get into the theme of your army, right? That's Understand true. how your army is going to play. So, that, I mean, if you're going to go hedonistic, you know, I mean, come on now. That is actually something I, I try to uh, abide by and lean into because I think there's got to be some good mojo or karma from it. Like, yes, have that drink. Go do the fun thing. It probably feeds into, like, the spiritual oomph behind your dice rolling. And, there you, you go. Know, yeah, I know just, that, um, that's definitely how that works, for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, a couple of years at LVO, ago at LVO, I made a point of eating, like, 50 skewers and ordering many, many more for the table. Yeah. Because I had glucose or scully <laughs> in the list. I need to make sure I, like, lived up to his name. There, there so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I digress. So get there, you know, get it, get eventually settled, which was its own kind of journey. Um, this year at Nova, the hotel had some challenges uh, oh. in terms of key card problems and garages filling up uh, and the Silent Hill style garage across the uh, oh, way, nice. which I did use being so difficult to navigate, but it was all fine. Fast forward to what we all really care about, the Warhammer. Heroes, Jack's Heroes Journey, step one, call to adventure, right? Yeah, pretty much it. <laughs> for those literary fans. <laughs> Let's see how well this tracks with, uh, with exactly, the archives. Right? Yeah. <laughs> over well, my over my head here. So here yeah. here we go. <laughs> all right, all right. So so I, th- I think it's fun as maybe mini game is to track as go through all this, how it feels, how you're thinking about it, right? Because we always play this mental game with ourselves mm-hmm. as we are in a tournament and thinking how we're doing or what we might run into. And mm-hmm. it becomes important just because of my particular track. 
So started off, uh, and I played this great guy and Joshua Seitz, you know, who was running Sylvanath. And, uh, you know, had a chance to play him before. So, you know, we kicked things off, you know, gave him uh, the cool printouts I had of the honey name, which were all oh, nice. themed, right? You know, for, you know, for the, uh, for the Slaves of Darkness army I was running. And, you know, we got right into it. Um, and it was a pretty fun game. You know, it was uh, nothing too crazy, though. You know, I was being cagey with the Chosen. I was moving stuff up. Yep. I was doing hit-and-run tactics. Eventually, I had an opportunity to kind of jump out with the Chosen from the garrison they were sitting in and, and kill Draka and uh, a whole bunch of those Kurnoff hunters. Kind of in one one big turn effort. Okay, the nice. So I, oh, I did that. Very nice. My time. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a it was a good one, and this was ice fields, right? So we're sitting there. People don't want to run a lot. People don't want to go too far. Yeah, um, feels like the patience uh, paid off. Exactly, it really did. You know, it was it was sort of like the you don't always run forward as fast as you can there we go. plan. Mm-hmm. Did have some benefits, and uh, you know, turned into a win, and uh, you know, a really solid game. Of course, they were doing points differentials in this particular tournament. So, so yeah, so it's it's just like the world scoring where uh, your score in the end is out of twenty. That's so you you right. take your raw score from the game, you figure out the difference in points, and that dictates. So uh, what is it? If our if our game was tied, we would each get ten points, and if our game is uh, only a few points, we did we'd go at eleven nine, and if it was yeah, only, then uh, twelve. Four was it like 13, 12, five, uh, 12, eight, right? Uh, 12, eight, 13, seven. So they always add up, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. That's that's right. And so, to, uh, you know, kind of kind of proceeded that way. Good game, you know, good win, you know, but great opponent, mm-hmm. you know. And so, so then, you know, we finished the first round, and um, I still have the dream alive. We'll see how far we can push the slaves to darkness list. And <laughs> psychologically, as you guys all know, yeah, you're like, okay, I'm in, I'm into the one in four games to go bracket. It's still early in the tournament in the Swiss Baron system. I'm not too far up the mountain. I'm not expecting to uh, encounter any real craziness. Yeah. Any real craziness. But you still have one win. So you're in the winner's half. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. To yep. Mix our metaphors. I'm in slightly deeper waters. I'll be higher up the mountain. We, you guys getting, all get the picture. But you're, you're, you're seeing a ceiling coming up. You're seeing yeah. a ceiling coming up if you continue at this pace. There's a ceiling, or at the very least, a fight with a ceiling. You know, something you have to break through. But maybe it's not there yet. Well, second round, I show up, and I uh, am matched up against this, like, absolutely awesome guy out of the Midwest named Michael Roush, who was running Osiric Bone Reapers. And uh, the thing about Michael is, you know, he is 20-year-old-ish wonderkin, really knows his stuff, really talented player. I just played an Invitational the day before. And has been so had had the buy round round one the free win oh nice yep showing up showing up and and he's been playing you know OCR since before they were cool and he was even running an OCR list which was slightly hipster to those Praetorians and not Nell Myriad Ooh, but he knew the nice. thing inside and out so thus kicked off an absolutely awesome game you know where uh, a couple of things happened that. Were definitely some some moments of like, ooh, that didn't quite go my way. Like uh, a merciless blizzard I needed, miscasting five wounds onto my Karkadrak Lord, mm-hmm. and the merciless mm-hmm. blizzard he tried off doing twenty two mortal wounds to my chosen, and sort of erasing them <laughs> as like potential fix <laughs> to my problems. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't take anything away from how he played. He did it just right. He got me uh, where he needed to get me, and I made a few mistakes. You know that maybe could have 
helped give me more of a chance to turn things around. But on the whole, you know, it was, it was one of those games where we had a blast. Really got to see the Ovar doing their things. And I, I got to see, like, the cutting edge of good play with them where, you know, all I could do was say, handshake, walk away, and I'll buy you a soda and let us, uh, let, let us continue, continue our new friendship. Um, but that that particular game got me to my 1-1 land. And, okay, so I, I encountered a formidable opponent, but, you know, I've had two good games. I'm sitting here in an okay zone. Anything can happen. So psychologically, we're going into round three. And you guys know, if you're walking in two one into round three, that's when you're starting to feel like I'm in the deeper waters. Anything could happen. Yeah, when you're, when you're two and oh, going into round three, you're like, oh, now you're fighting the tryhards. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. And, and maybe someone who's going to win the tournament. Or, or maybe, maybe you're not. the tryhard. You yeah. could be the yeah, tryhard maybe. at this point. That could be the thing. No, I do. I do have to ask before we move on. <laughs> Did the OBR player have the uh, the zombie detachment or not detachment? The uh, what are they called now? The regiment of renown. Regiment of renown. That seems no. to be going around with OBR right now. He did not. He bodies. Like I, that's I, the yeah. thing that they don't have. Uh, I can see it. it. It's definitely seemed an interesting take. I can actually share a quick, quick rundown of his list. Maybe that's a good thing just to give people a better mental picture since we're talking about it. Especially list. since it's a hipster list. Yeah. And we're very, yeah. giving him hipster credit like, on this. I mean, you said hipster way. list and I was just like, Ooh, yeah. I, I, I got, I got uh, verklempt over here. Matt's wearing over ear headphones, but I could tell his ears perked up. It, it was yeah. absolute, absolute <laughs> respect for his choices. And, and of course, they are good, right? It's just that since so many people were playing Null Myriad, he was able to give them a kind of a little bit of a ribbon. And we're making fun of our, of our friends, you know, Logan and Rob. We're playing Null Myriad about, sure. about that, even though that's a very good choice right now for good reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what he was doing is he was running the Mortis Praetorian, so it has a counter charge. Um, and he had a Soul Reaper with Merciless Blizzard. Um, he had a bone shaper. Oh, that's right. He has the Reaper. Yeah. Which is the worst of all of those little wizards. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not bad. It's just not no, no, great. I'm not saying it's not bad. I'm saying it's the worst of the group. It is. It is. <laughs> you it wouldn't is have been the... able to tell it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so beyond that, he's got a regular mortise and bone shaper with the artist's key. So okay. lots of things coming back if bad things happen. Yep. Um, Archavalos Xantos, uh, a little known figure in the... Uh, lands of the of the Osiarchs, uh Archon to something. He was there. <laughs> then uh okay. battle line, four units of cattle Cavalos Death Riders, and then uh, a six-man block of Immortus Guard. So obviously Immortus Guard, obviously a lot of good screens and and shenanigans and counter charges and potential mortal wounds from Death Riders. Mm-hmm. And you know, Archon doing the Archon thing. So solid list. Uh maybe just for the the folks who are out there and, and have not seen my list, since it would be possibly good for people to know what I was running if they're thinking about this, I was doing the Slaves to Darkness Cabalists. Gonna try to follow my path to glory. So I roll on that table once in a while and get like that, you know, demonic apotheosis for a grand strategy. And I had mm-hmm. Bellacor, a Chaos Lord with Merciless Blizzard and Horfrost, a Chaos Sorcerer Lord of Master of Magic, the Chaos Familiar. Was undivided, and he could do chaotic conduit, levitate, or hoarfrost. A carcadrac lord who was Nurgle with merciless blizzard and flaming weapon, and a very spicy infernal and rafter of Slanesh, all backed up by ten cast warriors of Nurgle, ten dark oath savagers, nine unmade, ten chosen with the Slanesh mark and the banner screaming flesh, and a cast war shrine 
of Sanesh, all stitched together with the ephemeral, very vapor wave, probably bad for you, popcorn candy, lung smoke. Mm-hmm. If you guys actually <laughs> see this image on our on our Discord of my last Shonda Soulseeker. Um, so that is just a good context to all the things that happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of moving moving into uh, you know, this 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 one one going into the next one moment. I, I show up to my third game and I I found way to the table uh, a very cool guy who i known as an acquaintance before but hadn't actually had a chance to play yet uh you know who's, who's kind of a known factor in the community like a really good sure. player a guy by the name of joe crier you know who i was sitting there uh ready to have a good game with nice yes nice. and you know it, it was actually a, a really awesome game um in the sense that you know i would have liked to have won it um Hint, hint, did not win this game. Yeah, um, they would have liked to have won. It really gave it yeah, away there. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. my choice of language was solid, but you know, it was it was a great, it was a great sort of like a lesson in in how zines can be played to great effect. So okay. Sort of seeing like the the army kind of tuned up and run that way, uh, and so you know, in the couple times I've played zines before, you know, I, I I had good games, you know, really cool back and forth, but I hadn't seen some of the tricks that were pulled, and that was really kind of fun. Um, probably the highlight was he was making really great use of all of the shenanigans that can come off of the burning sigil zinch. Okay. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. You're getting a bunch of re-rolls and yeah. Yeah. And, and we were laughing about it. Like I was sort of tripping myself up phenomenally, like, you know, sort of like first scene where I couldn't go do that because he could spawn me and stop me from doing something important and avoiding it and forgetting later that I couldn't let something get within like, that nine inches and then have it get tagged, create a spawn and frustrate that same unit that I was protecting or, or things like that. Um, but for the most part, you know, that was a good learning experience. So kind of powered through it, ended up with a reasonably close score. I think it was like 30, 20 at the end of the day, but okay. despite having taken a bird's head, thank you. Uh, what's his face? Kairos, the fate weaver. Okay. Nice. You know, and, and, and done a lot of stuff. I mean, all of the gum up works, it has made it a little bit too little too late. Uh, where we were doing the wizards get more points, killing wizards get two points, you know, two okay. objectives on at the time scenario yep. is, you know, definitely handily his and you shook our hands, you know, and called it for a great game and then we're off to the races. So there we are at a day one and I am, you know, one, two. Yep. So not not covering myself in glory, but having a good time as as it is. Mm-hmm. And we sail into we sail into today too. At this point. You know, I'm sitting there and, uh, you know, the I don't know exactly what to expect, but it's going to be a good time as as we want to do. And I roll up to the table and I meet this awesome dude named Blaine Woodward, who was playing Ogors, but not just any Ogors, full on riding the big guys, like uh, mostly monster, like trucks. monster truck. Kind yeah, of all BCR all the way. Oh, and, and it was a fun it was a fun list because it was like. You know, Boulder had, you know, it was, you know, Huskar to Thunder Tusk, Huskar to Stonehorn, then like Stonehorn Beast Rider, Stonehorn Beast Rider, Stonehorn Beast Rider, Thunder Tusk Beast Rider. So there's a lot of vultures there to just eliminate any characters they can see. You know, squishy yeah. little five wound sorcerer lords who are, I don't know, completely necessary for your grand strategy. Yeah. Kind of have to hide them behind you know, things, you know. Just so yeah, they'll take seen. those right out. They will take them exactly. right out. <laughs> and and this list will get you real, real good if you're not careful. And he was just he was playing it really well. Like he, he, he was smart movement, good, good player. And I was a little afraid of it. So I felt very proud of myself. And I once again 
follow the strategy of do not rush out there and alpha <laughs> that situation because children sure. are good at that once. Make mm-hmm. sure you have a, a more a more uh, restrained and probable path to things not going wrong. So I kind of castled up, and it was almost like this really funny moment of like hold hold like waiting to see the whites of their eyes you know on the big stone horns mm-hmm. and things, or maybe the frost wreath ball or whatever it would be coming up from point blank range right but it was given yeah, all the stuff which was there as a screen is getting completely demolished and eliminated including you know uh, a chaos lord and his warrior retinue who couldn't just quite get away but then it opened up the counter-strike and then in one turn the chosen came in with the buffs i'd been waiting and preparing to cast yeah. on them uh, to eliminate two Stonehorns and a Thunder Tusk card in one, one round. round. Nice. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that was, you know, some tricky stuff, like kill two of them, you can kill them, because one was wounded and the other wasn't, but I had the buffs up, and then do the pile and finish off the other. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the set pieces on the board are just a little bit more manageable. And I um I play Andrew Hare quite a bit out here, and he's actually my first game with him was against Monster Trucks. He's been playing them dedicated for a long time, and I there is nothing more hilarious seeing like a bunch of those monsters go in one in one turn because they well not hilarious. It's so demoralizing for uh for a BCR player to like pick up oh, more than one monster a turn. <laughs> oh yeah it's uh it's uh it's interesting it's very interesting so I, i'm sure the look on their face was just like oh chosen oh yeah they can fight twice oh now that one's gone that must have yeah. been very um I, i'm trying to find a slanishy word for titillating i'm gonna go with titillating titillating yeah it, it was it was funny because we were kind of looking at each other and i think we were both like very impressed by their output now how stratospheric that had been and but to their credit, I had like buffed them in all the ways to try to make it very unlikely something would go statistically wrong. You know, they had demonic power. They had like a couple points of RAM mm-hmm. or whatever. And they were going in there under the right pretenses. Uh, and of course, charging with the bonus attacks from the banner. Um, but I was I was still kind of sweating a little bit because I, I kind of mathed it out. So I should have been safe to kill the two and the first activation. Mm-hmm. But I was very worried that I wouldn't. And it's because of all the five up field of pains and all that. It's gonna be left alive and like munch like six chosen between the between them or sure. luck. And yeah. each of them died by like within a wound or two, like after all the saves. So I'm like, well, this one correctly, but it could have gone incorrectly. I'm glad I didn't get like yeah. luck in this one. Um yeah. so uh, you know, we, we went through it, we had a good time. He played really cagely with the rest of it. I was trying to do the same thing to make sure I picked up all my strat, my battle tactics. I made, got through everything, got where I needed to go, and, and luckily I ended up, you know, getting a win. Not a particularly wide margin, but we, you know, his monster trucks that were remaining, I think he ended up had two at that point because I killed one more, couldn't quite come back from it. Yeah, okay. I was able to do the thing, so that there was a win, and, you know, we went and had our, you know, glass of wine and beer and, you know, called it, nice. called it a good start to day two. And then I came back after that for, for the final round. Now, at this point, guys, psychologically, I'm 2-2. You know, fun times in the tournament. This is what crossing the threshold. Is this the, in, the, in the hero's journey? We're, I'm I'm not fully counting the steps, but we're we're you know we're getting along. Some literati out there is going to be very. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I missed like five or six. Of this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, this uh, is they, a hero's they, journey. Riddle they can let us know in the comments. <laughs> they can they can they can 
they can provide us with the correct ruling for the next time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, any, any listener, if you want this to be properly critiqued in terms of the hero's journey, please spread our podcast like assiduously literary. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Make sure someone takes up the torch. Um, but but I, I, I roll up again, you know, to the table. And, you know, I, I, this is the the end of the grand tournament, right? After this one, we just can see there are eight pods. So it's the opportunity for... Uh, a two, three, or a three, two. And of course, you always want to at least kind of win more than you lose for the, you know, the tournament. So I was hoping for a, a good end. Not always going to eat. Low dice are always in the way. Yep. Um, but uh, I show up and I see uh, a familiar face. Or at least um, someone who I, I'd never really had the pleasure to really meet properly at that point. But I'd seen kind of pop up sometimes on the stats podcast of someone who won this or was good there. And I knew it was like a really talented player who mm-hmm. was a member of, of the tough crowd. And I had the chance to meet and play and make friends with, and I'm like, to, you know, eight, eight, eight friends, eight, eight friends. games, uh, none other than uh, Basil and Ferreira. <laughs> so you had some interesting opponents there, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it was a, uh, it was a such an interesting path. They given like it was a who's who of who's kicking Jack's ass in this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And, and it was just like such a strange, like, well, I didn't expect us to have this two-two fight off right here, but cool. Yeah, um, this is where we are. That's okay. Here, yeah, here and, we are, and here we are. We're doing it. Uh, so, so I showed up, and um, you know, Basil had a Seraphon list, and he had a Seraphon list, which was kind of scary. Like uh, right at the get go, it was. <clears throat> I can just kind of give you guys like the the mental picture. He had Lord Croak. He had you know a Skink Star Seer, another Skink Star Seer. Some of these things with blizzards, of course, waiting in the wings. A Lost Land Star Master, and then he had an Incarnate. You know, backed up. So by he, had, s- he had five guys and cha- five frogs and chairs. Yeah, five frogs well, and chairs. Uh, I guess the, the Skink Star Master, but they're five chairs anyway. Yeah, five and chairs, incarnate. five chairs, four frogs. With, yeah, and then Carnage, Four frogs. Um, yeah. yeah, and then he had between <laughs> between everything else, probably enough skinks and source guards to carry the chairs if the internal mechanisms broke down, like a long jungle journey. It was like you know two units of ten skinks and five source guards. But of course, that's the kind of thing where you know if it gets going, there's going to be a lot more coming on. Yeah, and it might not be there because of all the magic and the Kronzbine is just a monster for coming to the board. So sure, looked a little scary, looked a little intimidating. So what was really interesting for me about this one is um. You know, I, at the beginning of the game, you were all set up and doing stuff. And of course, I had the Infernal and Raptors there to frustrate the magic or hopefully create some opportunities as far as she can be. But, you know, I was not going to have the choice to go first. But I was going to, you know, try to maximize any opportunity. And I saw that there, there might be one where sort of a corridor had been left open uh, to get by some skinks up to the back area where the frogs and the... Um, and the skinks were having their kind of like a okay. chair powwow mm. behind the temple. Um, and I said to myself, well, a lot of things have to go my way. And if any of them don't conditionally, then this sort of gets aborted. But if they, if they do, then we're going to be in an okay position to try to actually do the full send because this is the time to do it before this engine gets going. This is the yeah. time would sense. And and then, you know, to my to my good luck, they did. You know, I, I sort of identified the opportunity and tried to create my own luck a little bit, but then the dice did help. First things first, you know, I got off the 3D6 run and charge prayer. I got off the buffs I need despite slaying stuff like being candy with my dice. Sure. So they're endless, they're well, they're powered up. Uh I don't You're going first at this point, right? Yeah, he gave me first turn. So they haven't gotten 
if I remember right, they have some pluses to cast that they have to initiate. There's a spell they can they can cast. Yeah, you know, like so, global plus ones. I think all the wizards. But, okay. But yeah. So like, there's some buffs they haven't gotten up yet in terms of their spell casting powers. Exactly. Yeah, and, they have to like spool up for at least a turn, right? Yeah. 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 So I of course was happy with this. I think I preferred going first in this scenario. Sure. Um, and I said, okay, well, first threshold, you know, passed. You know, maybe I'll have a chance to you know get up here before screens come down or things get repositioned or something dies to tons of magic. Right. Uh, got off the sorcerer's power. I, I had like um I don't recall if I did merciless blizzard or uh, merciless blizzard or frost up. I know I don't think I did, but enough for for frogs and such maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And. <clears throat> I end up you know, between some combination of the running and charging, you know, with the uh, with the slash lord, the slash mark chosen to, to be able to give the command and or the three d six charge, getting an okay enough, not like an amazing like eighteen inch charge, but like an okay enough charge to get them up in the middle of that corridor with the skinkies to then activate to get up close enough to crow where after they kill the skinkies. They were able to pile in and four or five were able to take wax at crow all all buffed up. Uh, and what ended up happening there was, you know, the wounds they output blew right through the 10 wounds on the Temple Guard. Sure. Um, nice. And I think I did like five or six wounds to Crow. And at this point, I'm already in my head saying, well, this was good. This is a good effort. Yeah. Now at least he's tied up. You know, there's choices. There's problematic stuff. This might be enough to kind of like give him the back foot. Mm-hmm. So I could get blown to heck by the magical, the magic casts. Mm-hmm. And then he rolled promptly beyond my wildest dreams of like, what would have been, I guess, a 14 or 15 necessary or 13 for him to die on 3d6. You're only like a 17. So <laughs> had Crump has been looked at, he would have died. And so it was wow. a, bit of a bit of a frog disappearance there. And mm-hmm. from that point, you know, I promptly bellicored the cron spine to make sure there weren't like a lot of active elements. Sure. And it was me pressing the advantage I had and trying to let it slip away or get turned around for the rest of the game. And I think I was fairly assiduous in doing that. The Infernal Raptors played her backup band music the whole game, causing mortal wounds to everyone every once in a while, which nice. was why I brought her in the first place. And mm-hmm. things ended up where um, I managed to finally sneak in again, despite all the summon screens, to do a little more damage to the remaining slan. And despite his heals, he was sitting on two wounds. And then he heard some sweetheart music and got distracted and his brain melted for the final two words. <laughs> nice. And then, you know... Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So after that, we wrapped it up. You know, I, I had the win there and went and had a couple beers and, you know, chatted a bit, you know, got, got to know each other a little better. But it was, a, you know, really, really fun game, really great opponent. And we had an awesome time just kind of like, uh, you know, closing out the official normal tournament, you know, nice. this time. Mm-hmm. That feels like such a good, like, old fantasy moment. You know, I remember the thing with Old Fantasy, when it was a wild game that had lots of problems with it, but what was super fun about it was that you were just waiting for one of those super random things in the game to go wildly your way and then latch onto it yeah. because yep. you could ride one of those things through, through like, through almost any It was any the situation. ride the updraft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so this, that felt like a moment where you saw the opportunity, you did, you worked to make the opportunity there, the opportunity happened. And then it was like, okay, I need to just, I, I am seizing this moment. And it takes good, you know, really good skills to identify what the moment is and be able to actually play it out. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, it, you know, it felt like sort of reminiscent of that in some ways too. Mm-hmm. Definitely tried to hold on to it for dear life. And yeah. I was happy it worked out, but it was such a, such a fun time. But I, I guess what's sort of interesting about the whole thing is, of course, this is where we get to the end of the traditional tournament, it's like, okay, take an hour to collect yourselves and then come back and play again. Oh, okay. This is going to be a long day. (laughs) Only an hour. That's so nuts. 
That's so yeah. nuts. Well, you know, it's, I mean, it, it was with that plus whatever time you had left at the end of the round, I guess. But yeah, it was, it was a little bit tight. And I think they wanted to do it quickly so people could actually have like a, you know, a nice dinner afterwards. Yeah. But they yeah. did more than like that half hour bubble you might otherwise see uh, normally because they wanted a little extra time for the pods to be formed. People want to drop and just do the five round. Sure. Kind of version of it. But, you know, I, I digress. We got right into it. I got back and I, I showed up to the table with my pod. I ended up playing this really wonderful guy named Adam Packard who's playing Soul Blights. And this begins my journey of, oh, yeah, the scenarios can really twist things in this general's handbook, you know, or, or oh, create yeah. situations you have to be aware of. And it was such a good nice. learning experience for me just to maintain like that awareness of what's actually going to create the winning conditions versus like what just feels good in the tabletop. I think we're on tests, allies, and enemies. I haven't been counting, but I looked up the hero's journey. Okay. Good. <laughs> Thank you for keeping us on. The professors won't be quite as, yeah. uh, quite as critical when I finally get a hold of this gem. There we go. But, uh, <laughs> but just to, just to give you guys a, a picture, you know, so, so Adam comes up uh, with this, chock full of dudes kind of list uh you know and you know he had like radicar he had a necro at horfrost he had belladama is, he this, had is this vicros vicros that's okay. right Turgilius wandered around with um oh, he is great his, his fell waste away i guess uh a vampire lord and zombie dragon with elf and carny phylactery that's interesting yeah that's a fun choice yeah and then for battle line it was you know not as like always spread out but it was 60 dead walker zombies then Unidar Wolves, Unidar Wolves, and then two units of Felbats, all like in a, a battle regiment of Warlords. So okay. he had all that, of course, plus the 10 Wolves from Belladama. So like lots of potential bodies. The, and, and this was kind of where the trust came in, because the mission we were playing was the one, the name escapes me now, where if you're behind in points, you can blow up up the two objectives. And you can, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's brutal. Yeah, um, yeah that one... Th- that's such a fun, it's so it's a really interesting mission. Oh yeah, but a lot of it comes down to really, really understanding how to play the mission, and not necessarily understanding how to play Agent Sigmar. <laughs> that that I think is, well, is true, and we're, we're talking about it even at the table because it was such a weird one that way, like and how it affected the points. But Matt, you were going to say something. I don't want to interrupt you. Oh no, no, no. I, I think I think that one very much is yeah, learning to play the mission, um, but also. That one's so battle tactic dependent too. I think you can kind of skirt by um, by essentially getting an early lead and then letting people blow up your stuff, but making sure that you have your battle tactics timed correctly and being able yeah, to deny that, theirs. That I think is sort of what ended up happening, you know, but with the swing potential in, in our game, um, it, it was it was interesting. Uh, I'll say that I, I did try to be a little cage, you know, put the Infernal and Raptor some places she was going to melt brains mm-hmm. or at least make trouble. Got um, melt brains. In case they got rushed up on or whatever. Sure. Um, but, you know, Adam had taken the first turn and then, you know, he, he got things in such a place where in the second turn, you know, he had five points. Or, sorry, end of, end of first turn, he had five points. And I, I looked at this and I thought I was, you know, being clever. Maybe it was. Uh, and I said, well, if I get four points, I give up a point, but yeah. I can blow up the two main objectives this whole horde is sitting on. It's going to make them spread out or, or create more opportunities. This might be the move. So I, I plan to do that, to be one point under at the end of the turn. Sure. But I, I did have the opportunity to uh, kind of get the Chosen up to 
tag the end of the zombie horde, which was 60 strong, and not maybe not kill it, but get it down to like 15 or something or, or 10 so that it was very manageable and not like a huge body threat. And maybe if it was going to come back later, maybe not come back immediately. Uh, and depending on how he pulled them away, like he was trying to do mortal wounds, I might have the opportunity to go in and kill the zombie lord and zombie dragon with a double activation. So long story short, I did that. Took a bit of a risk here playing a zombie dragon for funds. Sure. Still worked out. I got the zombie dragon. Um, and, you know, we're sitting there like with this great position. Of course, now I'm ahead in points. You know, not, not, not going into two, but going into going, uh, going into three for sure. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the table gets flipped. The script gets flipped. You know, we've had some good gum in the middle, sit on things, you know, kind of situations. Uh, I think I'd ended up at like 10 points at this point. And he then probably blows up uh, the objectives that I was sitting on or deep in my territory that you were just never going to capture. So now there's just wing objectives, right? If I remember this map right. Yeah, it's it's like there is there is there was a two in the middle, but kind of like on the, on the four across or whatever. And there's there's really just like yeah, wing objectives too. Um and one of them I kind of had a solid foothold on, but you know, a lot of dogs would still outbody me. Yeah. Another one was so deep in this territory, it was just covered in dogs. Well, it ended up happening with another round. And because of the points difference at that point, because it had kind of gotten something to the lead, he mm-hmm. was able to blow up the one objective I was contesting. So then for four and five, there was one objective completely covered by dogs. So is it allowing him to kind of make up the points gap and kind of get it really close? You know, to so the point where going into the final round, I think we were tied and it was like, we roll off and see who's going to be able to, you know, actually get the objective and choose to keep it on and keep it out. We, we totally forgot, but you know, you, you want to roll off, we figured it out later anyway. Okay. Uh, so it would have mattered. Uh, and he just had like points bunker and I had like 80% of the fields, almost everything has dead. No way to get into like double layered dogs and more stuff coming back with sure. people on foot. What my sorcerer had prudently run away, even though he had levitate to go keep trying to cast kind of conduit interruption to try to get the grand strategy for the, for the chaos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then it came down to a really interesting kind of final final like a uh, turn where everything hinged on this for the win where despite like the overwhelming chaos forces a dead radicar from a blizzard all the all this stuff we had you know him sitting there needing to get his grand strat where he just had to bring back that third unit that had died that's another fill bad yeah. it's like he needed to roll a four up or a three up in the final roll you know on his turn sure didn't get the four up roll oh, the three man. and the three up got his grand strat plus three points um, that's why you bring Torgilius because he just brings him back there's no rolling oh you mean that's right. I can't keep any of those guys straight yeah I mean there's, there are who's who the guy who brings his own shovel yeah the guy with things, yeah. Yeah. the but, guy uh, with the, the door for a face the guy that looks like he fell out of a Guillermo del Toro movie the most unique that, that's like, that could be any of them yeah now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah he got me there <laughs> the, the suspense of it was was such though that you know that had to happen and then he had to get one battle tactic where i you know candidly redeployed my chosen away for the thing he was trying to charge them with to prevent him from being able to 
ensure their destruction and combat or something. Like okay, that. whatever the battle tactic yeah. was. Okay. But he rolled a nine in his charge, and so he got it. You know, there you go. Shows are always going to kill a couple fell bats, so we're just not even worth rolling. Yeah. Sometimes Scarbrand charges you from 16 inches away, even though you were pretty sure that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it's, and, you know, that's right. There. <laughs> uh, and, and last but not least, um, the casino strategy for this grand, grand strat of trying to get the apotheosis result just did not work out. Many, many rolls, even with the taking the... Um, whatever it is, like the heroic action to be able to roll, you know, 3d6 and pick the two you wanted and being on, on divided. So I get to like reroll one of the dice, all of that couldn't get a 11 or 12. And so I was down three points. And so yeah. I ended up, you know, 16 to 20 at the end of the day, you know, based upon some of these fun factors and, and the interesting scenario, you know, had an awesome time, grabbed a beer, shook hands, of course, called her for the night. But you know, sure. It was a it was a, a very interesting experience. It was such a such a weird scenario. And if you haven't yeah. gotten used to vagaries, it can really like yeah. create some situations where you really need that tactic or that strategy to make the difference. Right. Yeah, I do I do love the chaos of that mission. It's so good. <laughs> well, it's the only mission that I've found that'll force that'll make me consider purposefully mm-hmm. dropping a battle tactic. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right. Because I want to make sure I'm one point under and I do want to have objectives for later, you know, like, yeah. And, and it, it's, I almost find it super helpful for, for like, um, for some of the books that just don't have the easy battle tactics anymore. That mission was an easy one for me, um, at ECO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. With the bone splitters, because I mean, their tactics, we've got essentially one that works, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. After you that, take the you're... one orc sub faction that doesn't actually have any battle tactics. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That mission is so interesting because of the amount of just play you can you can uh, place on your opponent with like, am I going to blow those up? How far do I want to think forward on you know? Do I want to have an early loss like mm-hmm. or uh, early lead so they can blow something up because? You know, my army just wants to be in your face, right? Like BCR, I could imagine it's like, okay, yeah, let them blow up my objectives. I'm already going to be up in their face anyways. It's it's very cool. It's like, yeah, cool. My home objectives are gone. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's 100% true. Well, you know, I continued on the journey, guys. You know, we had our next game uh, the next morning, and it was against this this really cool dude named Brendan Aston, who was playing Nighthawk Emerald Host with a big old Nagash in there. You know, Ooh, big bone daddy himself. Nice. Uh, who actually, I, I should say, runs a very cool old world lore podcast, or I should say, podcast slash YouTube channel called at World's Edge. Uh, make sure that right. Yeah, at World's Edge. So check that out, folks, if you have a chance. Just uh, and had you know, kind of told me about some of those neat things we were getting ready for the game. Nice. Uh, but this is the guy with the Spider Man shirt. Spider Man shirt had also- an awesome. It was like. Uh, it was a nice button-up shirt, and instead of like Ralph Lauren little jockeys or whatever or pineapples, it had little Spider Mans. And I would oh, say, it's amazing. Yeah, so this, this is very good. it was a very nice Spider Man <laughs> shirt. Like for for a shirt that's a Spider Man shirt, this was like very fancy. So it was cream of the crop. Pop the uh, pop the collar. Yeah. Walk around. This is know. about. I think this is about as serious dressed up as I think you can get while still wearing a Spider Man shirt. It's it's pretty true. Well, Fancy. We, we had, a, we had a, a solid business casual Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had a good game, um, uh, a fun game. You really enjoyed kind of set up, meet each other, get things going. But it was a relatively quick one uh, because we 
We're doing that mission where the wizards blow up and you can do some damage to each other. It's a uh, uh, risk, risk and reward. No reward without risk or something I like think, that. I think that's what they call there it. There we go. And, and you know, just, uh, just call it wizard go boom. Yeah, wizard, wizard go, go boom. boom. Yeah. And I think I might have actually had the option to choose to go first in this one, if I'm remembering correctly, or or maybe not. But somehow or another, uh, I was able to, you know, get going and actually deploy all of my stuff and I chosen in such a way that it was pretty likely that if I got first turn, I'd be able to go get Nagash because he was right in the line. Okay. You know, he was up of, he was up front. Yeah, or really or up front without a screen, you know, in, in such a place I could get him. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. so this was another moment where the sending made sense. Yep. Um enough reasonable buffs got off, most importantly sorcerer's power. Yep. That I was able to do that. So I I, I ran up with it unmade, made sure there was no redeploys might stop this. Yeah. Chosen got in there. Belkor also went in there to critically roar in a gash and make sure didn't try to get himself a better save. Mm -hmm. Uh Round of combat later, Nagash was destroyed, you know, and, and I was, you know, doing some activations just to kill some of the other Nighthawk pieces to make sure there's less on the board. Yep. We played a little bit more, but then we sort of called it, you know, relatively quickly because it, it, it had such a decisive moment when Nagash gets killed. Isn't sure. It really yeah. Good, yeah. That's like the army gone. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, there's all sorts of stuff that can happen there, but I already moved a lot of other pieces into positions to try to like do the things that I need to do. So, you know, it, we end up, you know, uh, you know, getting things to the end point and then moving on to having some, having some breakfast and, and kind of catching up. There you go. Nice little brunch. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it was, you know, great guy, great opponent, you know, definitely a cool personality, just like, uh, and, and, and a fun time. But yeah, a relatively quick one. Uh, Nagashmi 900 points is such a target. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. How do I kill that thing? Yeah, that's big. That guy's floating. I, notably, he has the coolest Nagash because Nagash's cloak is, Painted quite well, like a Maryland flag. Oh, wow. That's kind of a <laughs> nice feel. It's really neat. That was wild. Yeah. So check that out. Oh, here man. See it. I think he plays around Maryland. So Okay. Nice. That's As a Marylander, stuff. I fully support this. Yeah. I that's thought not you a, would. That's not an easy flag to do as well. Like, that's yeah. a. And most state flags, you wouldn't bother painting them on anything because they're hot garbage. No, yeah. Maryland's got the best flag of all the flags. Wicked oh, absolutely. Saying. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's very interesting. It's much more like heraldic. And then, yeah, guys, don't forget a little interjection form. If you like old world lore, it's going to be bigger. Don't forget to go find that World's Edge on YouTube. I know you have some good stuff there, I think. Nice. Yeah, and I'll, uh, we'll get that link up. We'll put it up in our description or something. We'll, we'll make okay. sure you guys get it. That sounds good. That sounds good. Fellow Marylanders all the way. <laughs> Man, he must have gotten a lot of a lot of evil looks playing in D.C., with, with a Maryland that, that, flag, yeah, with a Maryland flag. flag, might be the case. It's hard. It's hard to say. I, I'm sure it came up in given the the diamonds uh, sensitivities. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I will keep you all in suspense. We got to the final game, and this is, it, this is the ordeal. The ordeal, and I really like. This is like my last game before a four or five hour drive to New York on Sunday. So of course, I'm highly energized. But you know, luckily, I ended up finding another great opponent and I had another really great game. I mean, it was. A real learning one, I'll say for me, and definitely another one of those scenarios make a big difference. But um, mm -hmm. you know, I've heard so much uh about Beast of Chaos from you, Matt, being our preeminent Beast of Chaos player here. And I bought the book and I like to ally in things from their faction, sure. but I've never actually gotten to play the new book. 
And so my, you know, inaugural moment was playing them on that resource poor mission, like whatever it is. Like oh, a, you can only get the, the meltwater one. The meltwater, the meltwater mission. Yeah. So, you know, right there in the beginning, it's like I'm trying to big brain and keep a keep an eye on all the different things that might go around and kill my valuable characters and more, you know, get things out of position so something could get sniped off by them coming up the board's edge. Mm-hmm. I'm also trying to figure out how I deal with needing to get, you know, these objectives and I flip them on, turn them off, you know, get my points without burning myself early where he can literally come in anywhere he wants yep. and where I cannot. And I think he was even doing the, the dark walkers or whatever, where they can just take all their ungoards and say, you know, we're going to get out and come in. These guys are going to go over there. Yeah. We need an yeah. objective. Literally every single objective is deployable from the yeah. shadows. Yep. There. So it was a little, a little tough. But, you know, I, I, we had a real fun back and forth game. He pulled some stuff. I pulled some stuff. I thought it actually, you know, I, I, was, I was playing it quite well in terms of trying to keep all these things in mind. But, you know, because of me needing to start somewhere and then break out into the middle, having gone, I think, first, I, uh, you know, I had a couple of consecutive turns. So I got the prio again. Okay. Uh, I was sitting there in the middle of the board, you know, having killed a Cygor and some... Raiders were on the board and sort of like kept things from getting too damaged and getting to that point where I can kind of get out from anywhere. And I'd sent Bellacor across the way and kicked down the worst beyond the Hearthstone to make sure that there was no crazy rent happening. Nice. That's a big move. Yeah. Yeah. So I was feeling pretty good about this. So the mental picture must be drawn that he then brings in all the remaining stuff. And because I knew Bellacor was going to die, he did not have like a good Bellacor target. He Bellacored a Chimera. Just to make it interfere too much. Sure. Actually, but, that's a great Bellacore target, though, to be 100% honest. It was a good one. I would have preferred the unit of, I think, six, <laughs> you know, Bulldores or whatever. But, uh, you know, he, he, he brings it up. what you can get, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. But they all come on. Um, and, you know, six Bulldores and three other Bulldores um, absolutely murder Bellacore. And then, of course, there's like kind of sitting a little farther back, there's like a cockatrice and like a, like a, the, the, the Bulgore leader. And then we roll Pryo again. Yep. And we maintain, you know, no double turn order. And, and I have a choice because I'm in such a place where I have a pretty decent odds chance of, of getting my chosen over to kill both units of Bulgore because they're within the radius of charge ability, very, even without the 3d6, reasonably, and like almost guaranteed if I roll that prayer. Mm-hmm. And I can do it without trigger to redeploy, most likely, or without many shenanigans. And if I do it, I won't get cockatrist. I'll just build this die. Especially the, the Doom Bull was still alive. He was still alive, but his position was such that if I charge both of the units at once, nothing was going to get the charge, except for maybe him. Uh, okay. Maybe. It'd be, it'd be a farther way. Because I'd be standing out of cockatrice radius, of course, and all this stuff, too. So I wasn't as worried. I could take a, his hits alone. Um, and still have more enough damage up, but if I have like sorcerer's power, maybe even not, if they don't have a five up save, right? So I'm saying, okay, this is worth doing. Okay. So I make that choice. Now, first thing goes wrong. Don't get the run in the 3d6 run prayer or just charge prayer. And then I have to do all the other stuff. So I do set it up so I don't trigger a redeploy um, because the unmade were slightly out of position. It didn't get their fast run. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of got as far as I could go with running my... Slanesh Chaos Lord so that the um, Chosen could run up and still have their, their best charge. 
Uh, there was no way I was going to be able to do this without doing all that stuff together. So keep in mind, I don't get a reroll charge at this point. Okay. The Sorcerer's Power, their Mystic Shield, they are buffed up in case things go wrong. They can maybe survive the clap back and do well. But I roll a six. And it's six plus two because they didn't get the extra plus one on the on the thing. So we are unfortunately not going to the combat when I need the nine. Dead in the water. Dead in the water. Staring Swinging down. Swinging in the wind. A lot, of, a lot of nasty stuff. And, uh, you know, at that point, you know, it became a real fight for survival because I was still feeling okay about it due to the fact he had to deal with the shows and they were buffed up and very defensive. Sure. But, uh, you know, made a couple small misplays. I forget to grab my extra command point, which had become material. But long story short, he came in and he did like a boatload of mortal woods. To the chosen based on like the sixes and stuff with that and the horns. Yep. yep. And then, you know, that was going to be maybe reducing them down a little bit. But I then space marine saved everything. I didn't have the command point I needed to because I tried to redeploy to prevent the whole thing to make them all up defense. They were on three ups and I just failed a bunch of those saves. And so I ended up having to roll something like with nine guys left, 27 six up mortal wound protection saves. Okay. Uh, oh, from, geez. Yeah. And I got like three. So, you know, uh, one more out of two, but <laughs> was and, what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was what it was. And so from that point, you know, I was still playing cage and trying to make it happen, but it was it was really back foot and unlikely to be able to turn it around because there was just too much in the way of like all the objectives I needed to be on were over here and I had to get through this first. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I did, you know, kill the the big the bull guard of Blizzard. I did finish them off. I did, you know, kind of do damage and kill the Chimera and, and get some stuff going. But that plus not even get in my grand strat again with all the rolls. Yeah. You know, kind of irritating. I was, I was, I wasn't going to be able to seal the deal, but really turned at kind of our pivotal moments of those turns. Some of those interesting things that happened then, you know, between the two of them. Now, again, great opponent, great guy, really gave me an awesome experience with like what Beast of Chaos can do. And, and it felt right. It felt like there are scary things in the woods. I don't know where they're going to come out and they're popping in and popping out. Like they're doing the beats man thing. So Mm -hmm. just had a great one and and a good, and a good end to the day. Uh, So that was that. So I finished the tournament. So I went like, uh, I guess in the main GT went three, two at a decent showing. felt good. Yeah. And then, you know, four, four, if we account for the bracketing. There we go. Perfectly balanced. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's (laughs) real good experience. Real fun. And and definitely like uh, kind of a wild journey in terms of like, like a bracket pathing and then just thinking about some of the missions in this particular GHB, which are wonkier and might mm-hmm. even be worth a whole separate, like separate kind of like a podcast episode for us where we talk about the missions, which aren't necessarily as gotcha as the instant wins used to exist, sure. but are completely gotcha in a more subtle way. Yeah. Yeah. They're really easy to fuck up on. And then you just can't correct. doesn't matter what you do. All yeah, yeah. Unless you've wiped them from the board. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think they're definitely a lot more playable as missions go right oh yeah yeah Um, it's very easy to put yourself in a situation where oh look at that now i can't score at all yep but also it's it's very easy to kind of like dupe your opponent into doing that as well that's also true very like it's a very good point i think i think uh i i think the new ghp has probably been the most fun it's been in a while even with the fact that it's wizards and i hate playing wizards Mm -hmm. um Just play dwarfs, man. You don't have to play wizards. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I just Who's finished up. Yeah. <laughs> I've almost finished the uh, Fire Slayers army up. So actually, I'm going to probably there give them go. a run in a little bit. 
I was um, I was playing uh, my friend Dave here who plays Zinch. He's a, he's a bastard because of that. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, every time you know he's gonna cast like six million prayers every hero phase, and every time one of them doesn't go off, I'm like, oh, pobrecito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think that's fair. You know, it's there's a, there's a lot of truths to the GP opinions expressed here, but yeah. Well, we'll have to explore that more. I'm just happy that we have it for a while. It's not going to like Mayfly die in like two months. It'd be nice to be able to be doing this one and, and seeing. No, exactly. And I, and I think it's going to take another, you know, three or four months to get extremely good at some of these weirder missions. Well, it'll be cool because we'll have strategies or ways of countering them. Or maybe like, you know, if you look in a mission pack, you'll be thinking, oh, here's how I have to do this to win in my particular army. Yeah. You know? and, mm-hmm. and that can, that can differ, right? Like, like I guess I used the example earlier that in you know, a fantastic game against Adam that mm-hmm. I was mentioning, but because it was going to be neck and neck the whole game because of the blown up objectives, right? I basically needed my grand strat to have a comfortable margin, and I had casino grand strat. <laughs> you know that that yeah. kind of might go into the the calculus next time more. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think statistically it really should happen, but at the same time, like I feel a lot better if it was like, keep this guy alive and you're definitely not getting to me and I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Uh, for six nations, we're not playing. Uh, so there's only five rounds in six nations. So everybody plays each other once. Yep. Um, but as a result, we're only playing 10 of the missions. And so I don't have to know how towers or ice fields works. That's at the moment. So nice. I have not played either of them. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'll say that Ice Fields is a real good time. Also, feels bad if you need to run anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I have played. I played Towers at least a couple of times, and it's rough yeah. for, for well for the the Sky Dwarfs anyway. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't caught Towers right. yet. Yeah, I haven't caught that one yet. Um, you know, guys, I I would be remiss on this whole Nova journey discussion, if I didn't make sure right out for all of our listeners, the final like thematic results of all of that discussion we had last week, because I did end up theming out the list as the slaves, to dankness. Mm-hmm. And I did have custom AI art, you know, kind of representing that with cast warriors and celestial demonettes printed right. out for all of, uh, all of my fine opponents. And I did give them very silly names. So as a, a, a reading to her to cut these, if they're too punny and cringy later, Matt, for all who might be listening, was you know featuring Apex Sin, the Chaos Sorcerer Lord, the Worm, the Nurgle Chaos Lord on Karkadrak, Eclectic Slide, the Snaky Slanesh Chaos Lord, the Backup Band, the Infernal and Rapturous, the Rhythm Dissection, the Unmade, the Dark Oath Dancers, yeah, less creative, I know, the Dark Oath Savagers, the Grunge Metal, the Chaos Warriors, Nurgle, of course, the Synth Wave. For the chosen and DJ Degenerate himself as a Chaos War Shrine, all backed up by the Dark Remaster, whose name does not need mentioning here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, that's fantastic. It's important. Yeah, it's important. It's like the um, was it? It's the XCOM effect, right? Where you've named all your characters and therefore they last longer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wish it worked. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that how that actually Certainly, works? You got to do that. You have to do it in Blood Bowl. If you don't nickname your characters, they die immediately. Oh yeah. And then if you do nickname your characters, they still die immediately. But yeah, I was gonna say I thought around. they just died no matter what you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. There's no. There's actually no way of getting around the characters dying. It's just it, it's this little lie that we tell ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Blood Bowl is like the best training though for gut wrenching moments. Like, I remember. I had a, a beloved bull centaur and a chaos work team once who just 
was one for a run like their abilities they can do like their go for it and we're like sure yeah they can do the three go for it yeah and i think uh you know whatever that's good it might be able to reroll one of the dice and think go okay and be good at it and he just fell down and died <laughs> 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 no fun for you essentially yeah. nice here's the dice that's what they say yeah <laughs> Oh man! Well, uh, Jack, thank you so much for taking us on this uh, epic journey uh, through Nova. It sounded like it was a fantastic time. It yeah. sure was. You know, great times. Great to catch up and see old friends, and, and then people don't get a chance to hang out as often. And to you know get a whole bunch of Warhammer in, and and, and like, subscribe, share with your friends if you dig it, you know, and reach out. You know, we'll get you on the Discord. Make sure that you're able to. You know, yeah, we got to figure out how to do that. Yeah, catch up with us more easily. <laughs> Oh, did we lose Matt? Did we? I got the last word. Nice. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> <laughs>